Coming up on Liberalism in Question. There was a vile rapist, male rapist, um, who suddenly identified as a woman and wanted to be put in a woman's prison, uh, expected to be housed in a women's prison, having been found guilty of these atrocious crimes. And suddenly the penny dropped with a lot of people. This is the reality of gender self-identification. It trouble for the chief minister, for that was Absolutely, yes. It, it led to her resignation. Enjoy the show and be sure to follow and subscribe. How Woke One is a book written by my guest, Joanna Williams. Joanna, how did it win and what is it? Well, to answer the second question first, um, I would describe Woke as, as being really an outlook upon society that insists upon grouping people according to their identity, um, according to their skin colour or their sexuality or their gender, and, and ranking people according to um, presumed oppression or privilege, and then setting about levelling the playing field in sometimes quite authoritarian ways. Uh, I, I think, for me, quite crudely, that's what I mean by woke, but it can have some very horrible consequences i think well i think just the whole fact of of grouping people on the basis of skin color for example really re-racializes society it moves us beyond a colorblind approach to racism where people were supposed to be if not always in practice uh, judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin and it really insists that we do start judging people according to their skin color all over again and I think that leads us to to racism. A kind of new racism? Uh, absolutely, yes. And and a new sexism, a, a new homophobia. How does, how does that work by new homophobia? Uh, well, one of the central planks of, of wokeism, I would say, is, is transgender ideology. And that's the belief that our biological sex, our, our genitalia, to be crude, are irrelevant and, and really what determines our gender is, is something kind of mystical in our brain, that we all have this inner sense of a gender identity, that we can feel like a man or feel like a woman. And, and that's what's important in determining who we are. So of course that redefines quite fundamentally what it means to be gay. Um, to be gay no longer means being same-sex attracted or being a lesbian no longer means being same-sex attracted. It comes to me being redefined as um, attracted to somebody of the same gender identity. Uh, you, and this takes us to some very regressive and very backward um, areas. I mean, it, it suggests that, that lesbian women should be sleeping with, having sex with biological males. Because they identify as women. Who identify as women, precisely. Um, that's not going to work. And, well, no, no. Not, not that I think about this. But, but there's terrible pressure on lesbian women to conform and get in line with this. And it's almost as if they're racist or, or prejudiced, bigoted by not. I, I, I'll come right. There's so much more we can say, but let me stay on this for a moment. Um, I, I don't, can you help me here? Why? I understand that the phenomenon of sexual dysphoria, when yeah. someone... Someone has a deep sense of themselves being not the sex of their body, or the of their body, and I think that, that that's important. And I've seen people deal with that in certain ways. But what I can't understand is why, where, where did it come about this um, in massive intolerance of the questioning of of transgender issues? I, that's not the same as believing in transgenderism. But where 
why is suddenly everybody so totally, not everybody, most, many people, because not everybody, so deeply intolerant in this area? It, it's, it seems to be an area marked of the lack of civility, mm-hmm. the lack of, of interest in reason. Can you help me to tell me what? what you mean, I take it that's woke. And yes, you, you well, mean you, you, why? You, you're in Howard once, so tell yeah, me why, is it, why has that happened? Why are people intolerant of transgender people? Is no, that no, what you're no, asking? No, why are people intolerant of questioning a transgender person? Ah, I see, I yes. Mean, the, the real intolerance, as far as I can see, is, and it's all over the place, tra- you're transphobic by, by asking a question. Absolutely. I don't know where the energy is coming from. Yes, well, I think. And you see, for me, it just suddenly popped up. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier about this construction of hierarchies of privilege and oppression and. Um, transgender people have been placed right at the very, very top okay. of this pyramid as being the most oppressed. So group. it's not about whether it's not about transgenderism in itself. It's about a, another sphere. Yeah, I think it is about transgenderism is on, where the, as well. Where the, where, the, where the victim is. So we have a culture which holds that the victim is to be specially cared for. Absolutely. Which of course goes right back, if I say so, to the Christian deeps in the Western culture. Yeah. So that's not the way a Roman would think. No, no, absolutely. They thought the victims deserve it. That, that was that was the classical view of the world. Yeah. But this has now been detached from its framework and is now running it wild. So if I can be a victim, I deserve special care. Now, what's wrong with it? Well, because I don't think transgender people aren't victims. I think this whole construction of hierarchies in that way is very artificial. Um, you don't think black people are victims? In other words, you're against not... Not caring for victims, but who's counting as a victim? Is that your point? Well, I think we have too much emphasis on victimhood in our society. I, th- I think we overemphasize vulnerability uh, as a psychological state in a way that defies reality. I, I prefer to see people as being generally quite robust. I mean, clearly there are people who do have mental health problems and, and there are some people who, who genuinely do have special needs that, that society course, has course, a duty course. to care for. You're, you're concerned. But I think your average person is probably a lot more mentally robust than we're given credit for nowadays. Um, right, so you're afraid that talking to victims creates a situation where you depower people from their lives. Yes. A good thing gone too far is having a deleterious effect. I think so. And I think I think the problem is when we present ourselves to the world as being vulnerable, the demand is not that we are powerful people who can um, exercise agency and take control over our lives, but the demand is that somebody else must come in and speak on our behalf, um, that, that we must be better looked after. And I think that creates all kinds of problems politically. I mean, nobody ever gets anything in life by um, asking for somebody to look after them. You know, you, you <laughs> might get a bit of special treatment, but you certainly don't have the agency to take control and to really change the world for the better. So you're worried about that this, the woke is in fact creating people with less agency. Uh, it is on the one hand, but I think the the flip side of that is it um, massively empowers, and this is a, an irony, it massively empowers a kind of elite um, professional class, a uh, uh, milieu of, of a kind of professional managerial class, if you like, who are able to manage this system and dish out the... This is the endless growth of HR departments. Absolutely. And this is where your equality, diversity, inclusivity oh, yes, whole, whole initiatives... Oh, yes, I believe. Absolutely, yes, yeah. So you get this section of society who become massively empowered by everybody else uh, being treated as victims. Now, you're not telling me how they work. We know what... I understand your critique of work... I'm not sure it has it won't come. Has it won't yeah. how? 
What's your answer to the how? Yeah. So my answer to the how is that I think this this outlook on life has become um, so massively dominant within our institutions. So you've just made reference yourself to the HR departments. Um, but I think this has become almost the guiding philosophy behind uh, many private sector corporations. No, no, I, I agree with that. I agree. With that. How did they get the power? Ah, I see. Yes. How, what did they do? What did others not do to get them thinking mm. this way? That's my concern. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so I think in some ways it's not a representation of of how powerful woke thinking is in its own terms, but it's almost as if um, we've lost as a culture. Uh, a sense of purpose in what institution should be for. And I think that that really stretches beyond so many areas of our society. It's almost as if it's not enough for a school, for example, to focus on education. Which or, is your area. Yes, yeah. yeah, or for universities to focus upon um, teaching subject knowledge or for hospitals to cure sick people or for businesses to make money. It's almost as if we're a bit embarrassed about those fundamental sense of purpose that should drive institutions or, or businesses. And so we've then opened the door for new ideologies and new political purposes to, to kind of march straight in. Um, if a university department, for example, says we're a bit embarrassed about teaching English literature, or we think the canon is perhaps a bit colonial and a bit white and Western, you open the door for other people to then come in and say, well, hang on, why don't we do this instead? So you think it's a failure of nerve in some sense? Absolutely, but very deep-rooted. You know, I don't think this is a new thing. I think this extends way back to the, the kind of latter half of the last century, where there's, there's a failure of nerve, a failure of a sense of purpose, a failure of commitment to what we would have termed as enlightenment values. Is, you see, that's interesting, it's late last century, that late last century was marked by the collapse of communism. Yes, yes, absolutely. Do you think that plays a role? I do think that plays a role because I think what happened with the collapse of communism was we thought it meant victory for the West initially. You know, we thought that it meant that Western values had won out over the communist East. But then we realised, it seems to me, this is, this is kind of 1990s, that um, we needed communist bloc in order to define our own sense of purpose, our own sense of who we were and what we stood so for. So take away the, the other, Absolutely. we're a bit lost. We're then left with what do we mean, what do we stand for? It was easy for us to define ourselves in opposition to them over there when we no longer have them over there. We are then having to look inwards for our sense of purpose. And I raise you know, another it. issue which I think does play a role. There's been, as I, as I understand things, an embarrassment in the West maybe since it's been common, about our colonial past. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. Right. And now the, 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 the actual facts about colonialism are up to dispute. Mm -hmm. Nigel Bigger's book, for example, um, and uh, although nuance is not what you get, but the, now anti-colonialism has been there since the early 20th century, but something has happened where the West itself has kind of become embarrassed with its past or have, having trouble coming to terms with its past. Do you think this is what's been going on as well? Absolutely, I mean, I, I 
completely agree that there were atrocities committed during colonial period, and and there were not just that; it was based upon the belief that the, some people were inferior to other people. That's absolutely why we, we write a rule. absolutely. I mean, this this is the roots of of what we did term at one point scientific racism, yes, kind of grounded right. in biology and. And I really do think that there's some very, very terrible things, and I wouldn't want to be Panglossian about this and suggest that everything was wonderful in the past. But I think the problem is in in what we do nowadays is we focus just on the bad things. What's you the opposite of Panglossianism? <laughs> I, mean, I guess extreme pessimism <laughs> or negativity. Um, but we give children, I think, a very unbalanced view now. Yes, indeed. But, but in the opposite direction, equally as unbalanced, probably as they got in Victorian times, that yes. everything was wonderful. Now, well, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure there was critiques within. I mean, the past much yeah, that there were critiques then in about these issues. It yeah. was, after all, in not quite the Victorian times, the, the Regency period, where slavery was abolished by the United Kingdom yeah. by the West. Right? Yeah. So that's a that's a sign of of growth. Um, do you think there might I mean, the thing about the wonderful thing about history is it never stops. So the thing about today, there's always tomorrow. If you follow me, mm-hmm. um, do you think this woke thing is going to keep going up, or is it going to? Will we get to peak woke? I hope so. Well, I know you hope so, but I'm, <laughs> um, I think there's already signs that people are questioning this and and falling out of of love with identity politics. And I think you see a very, very good example here in Australia with the rejection of the voice. Um, it's the voice of Parliament and the executive government, yes, yes. referendum to it, just held just recently yeah. from our time of recording, yes. And it, it seems to me that that, that was a, a questioning of, of identity politics, a questioning of uh, some identities being given a, a differential status yes, although, to other identities. I, I, Sorry, I mean, yes, you're right. That was much quite a complex thing. I just I spoke to a friend of mine recently about, um, I think, his university, um, and all the discussion was about transgender and gay rights. Yes. Right now, could I mean fair enough. They let's let's, let's just grind for a moment. They're in marginalisation, but I can't imagine twenty years time they're still going on about it. I just can't see that. That it, it, this is my boredom view of history. Mm-hmm. Which I mentioned, mm-hmm. and, uh, you just think you could, but frankly. We're just sick of it, Brian. Let's find something else. Do you think that is, is, is there something in that? Will boredom, you think, be a hope for the world? Well, possibly. I mean, I wouldn't rely on it, though. Um, you know, I think you'd have to be quite a positive person to simply hope that boredom alone will be enough to, to challenge these trends. Um, but I do think that there is scope for challenging. I mean, I think one parallel with the voice and kind of broader wokeism and identity politics, I saw a graph, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I just, I've not been in Australia long, but I saw a graph that showed a polling in relation to how people intended to vote prior to the referendum. And it showed that that at the beginning, when this first started to be raised, um, you know, a lot of people That's were true. very yeah, in favour. Yes. The more people have found out about it, the more they disliked well, it. Well, also, the more they found not out about it, actually. Yeah. One, of the, one of the troubles oh. was, it was a... Uh, we felt very good about doing something, but then when the something was like, hang on, I'm not sure that's the something we should Absolutely. do. Absolutely, or the more it was discussed, let's I, say. I wonder, I wonder whether, too, whether, whether the reality is on your side. That is, um, there's some incoherencies in some of the concepts that are present with work that just simply, upon a, a reflection, that, that can't be right. Absolutely. Um, no, I think this is true because I think exactly the same graph could be drawn around transgender, for example. Um, so if if you'd said to me, even just a, a few years ago, you know, should transgender women have the same rights as women? 
I, I think I probably would have said yes, of course, because I'm embarrassed to admit, I, I don't think I'd properly thought about it that much. But then when you actually spell out to people, while transgender women are, are male, um, they may be male people who have not undergone any surgery or done anything to change their identity other than simply well, said, right. I'm a woman. Should should these male-bodied people be allowed into women's refuges, women's sure, hospital and, and, wards, women's But also prisons? the very question, is a woman, a transgender woman is a woman, a real woman, the words of woman no longer have any, they become unstable in leaving. Absolutely. And I think there's a point in which you, well, I don't know, I just think there's a point in which you look back and think, what were we thinking? Uh, and I wonder I mean, whether I if wokeism is, and it's also that wokeism is, is, is most prevalent in those people who are so intelligent only they could think of such silly things. Uh, partly the I university, right. university yeah. departments, the elites, um, there's a common, common what what concerns me is that um, this is shaping so much of the education that's going on in our school system oh, right. nowadays. Okay. So okay. young children, I'm on about from the ages of four, five, six, you know, are, are absorbing this as if it is fact. Oh, you know, and and I think you're going to see some real uh, sharp generational divides in the way people see the world. Uh, certainly, young teenagers I know. Have have swallowed a lot of this through their personal social health education classes at school, through the books, through the television programs they watch, and most importantly of all, through social media they consume the TikTok videos they watch, and they um, have developed this outlook on the world. When where what worries me is that it's not even seen as an opinion or an outlook. They take the statement "trans women are women." as a statement of fact. Yes, well, that's very, um, it's unsophisticated. Yeah. I put that way, the idea that that sentence, or, and, and I mean, there are other things, part of which are just simply an obvious truth. Um, then by no means, it may be true, but it's certainly not an obvious truth of fact. No. Well, do you have any hope? I mean, you, you've, you've been depressing me here, Joanna. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, I don't know why I got you in, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have hope, and, and my hope, like I say, is, is such as with the voice referendum and, uh, we've had quite considerable pushback against transgender ideology in the UK, I'm pleased to say. It's damaging to people, main thing's damaging to people. It, it is, but, but for me it comes with um, two things. I mean, the first, I think, is the importance of free speech. Uh, and I genuinely believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. You know, the more we um, make clear to people what these ideas mean, what this actually represents in practice, how your life will change if this happens, then people are not stupid. You know, as soon as you you make clear to people, you you take away the, the rubbish, if you like, and and spell out people properly what this means. People don't buy it. People are not daft, and people are. This very... is my realism point. Absolutely, point. absolutely. Well, so... And then the, the other thing you need to go along with free speech, of course, is democracy. Again, exactly as you saw with the voice referendum, we need to say to people, you know, actually put it to the public. Do you want hospital wards and prisons to be single sex, i.e., only for female? male women or should this be based on gender identity should uh, male-bodied people well, who words, identify as so women what you're be saying is, but that's spaces. implying which i think is the case that may not be the case if your point of education is true that the things you're worried about are, are a minority or at least not not everybody there is a kind of still solid dare i, I think there is yeah can i add a third yeah. one over over overreach right um i think it was napoleon said never interfere with your enemy when he's making a mistake some of the reactions, like J.K. Rowling reaction against her, I, 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 I'm not really fond of that, to be frank with you. But I thought, 
that can't be right. No. Even no. if she's wrong. <laughs> even if she's wrong, that can't be right. No, absolutely. And so the overreaction will sooner or later create a backlash. I, I think this is absolutely true. But again, I wouldn't rely on it. But, but well, I'm the, not relying on anything. I, no. I can't rely on the future. I've got to just deal with it. But the principle, I think, is true. So, so one example from the UK... Um, the Scottish Parliament was trying to push through gender uh, self-identification so that, that you could sit here now and say, I'm a woman and I would have to refer to you as she and her. Um, and then kind of one week after this debate, debate broke open, there was a vile rapist, male rapist, um, who suddenly identified as a woman and wanted to be put in a woman's prison, uh, expected to be housed in a women's prison, having been found guilty of these atrocious crimes. And suddenly the penny dropped with a lot of people. This is the reality of gender self-identification. It's trouble for the chief minister, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely, yes. It, it led to her resignation. So I think there's certainly... That's my point about overreach. Absolutely. And right. this, is, this is me. It, I'm completely it, it, it agreeing the point with you. It looks for what may have some truth in it becomes silly. Yeah. You've lost silly, scary. Yeah. 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 I think that's absolutely true. So but but I'm very torn on the the big question of, of has woke won. I mean, obviously I've titled my book How Woke You're won. being slightly sensational, but I think we must admit that. Well no, because I think there are two ways of looking at it. I don't think it's one in the general population. I think you're absolutely right. There's a majority of the public that have enough common sense to completely see through the rubbish that this but is. But in your field, which is university and school education. Uh, university and schools, but also more to the point, I think it's one in all our major institutions. Right. Um, I think it's one in the workplace, in in the private sector. I mean, you walk down a high street in the UK in June and you just see kind of festooned with pride flags. You pride know, you, you've got Pride Month, you've got Black History Month, you know, and you've got institute. When I go to post a letter, I just want to post a letter and what I've got is the post surface ramming down my throat, the fact that they're celebrating pride. I couldn't care less whether they're celebrating That's pride. That's probably another example of overreach. When, when the post exactly. office is telling you what to think about, yes. it, about ethics, but it's you know not you're just in trouble. the post office, it's the train companies, yeah, it's the that, banks, yeah. it's the shops, it, it's everywhere. So I think woke has won in the sense that it's dominating our institutions. It's dominating our physical environment. Absolutely. It well, Jonah Williams, I hope to get you back on liberals in question when you publish your next book how woke was beaten <laughs> watch this space watch this space <laughs> thank you so much for coming pleasure i'm rob forsyth there's another edition in the podcast series from the center of independent studies called liberals in question thanks for watching if you enjoy this content please consider joining us by becoming a member of cis you'll be part of australia's growing movement towards free markets individual liberty cultural freedom and a limited government Join today at cis.org.au slash membership.